So congratulations, Claudia. Great job. Christopher, good job. Robert, I was thinking you were going to need a couple of nights just to, you know. Usually we don't let Robert talk unless we have about 20 minutes to spare. He, he is a, he is a, he's a waiter, and he keeps wanting me to come and have dinner at his restaurant, but I need, I need four hours just to do the order portion, I'm assuming, but love him to death. Um, Steven Cobos! He came over to my house, I think, was it last night? To get some water for his fishy. Yeah, yeah, he's got a fishy. He does. Um, and I got to tell him I told you so in a good way because Stephen is a warrior, a big-time warrior. Amen? And I said, I told you you could do it. I told you you would make it. I told you you would go to truck. He went to, uh, started driving today for the first time in truck driving school. Amen? So if you're ever on the, the interstate and you see that big semi-weaving, you could say, is that Stephen? I hope not, but congratulations, Eliza, as well. So this has been an awesome, awesome day. And I just want to encourage you guys. You know, we were taught, me and Michelle and Louie were talking the other day because I, I, you know, I forgot, Louie and I have actually run three marathons together. And, uh, and was, yeah, there you go. Amen. And years ago, I, I had trained for a marathon in Reading, and about three days before the marathon, I strained my groin really bad. I could barely walk. And, uh, but we'd already paid the money. We already told my mother-in-law we were coming because we were staying with her. And so we drove to Reading, and uh, I, could, I could barely walk. Um, but my kids were all up there already, my kids, my grandkids. So I, I'm like, I got I to gotta do it. And so... Uh, we, we started out, and I, and I ran, and every step, kind, it hurt a lot. It hurt a lot. Um, but I was determined to not let all of that training go to waste and all that, everybody, you know, you know saying, you know, because I knew people would say, well, you did the best that you could. You, you had a great heart. You had a great spirit. You really gave it that good old try. I knew that any, at any moment I could drop out and it would be okay, that my family would be okay with that, that they would still try to convince me that I did the best that I could. But I knew that there was more in me. I knew I could do better. And so I continued to run and just continued just to trot along. Um, seven hours later, um, the, <laughs> the finish line was in sight. And there were... There was my buddy, there was my wife, there were my kids, there were my grandkids waiting to run that last 100 yards with me. Um, and I say that to tell you guys that you've spent this whole year training so that you could go out into the world and face the world and continue to go. And don't settle for people telling you, oh, well, at least you got a year, or at least you you did better this time. No, you have to dig deep with inside of yourself and you have to pull out what it takes to continue going no matter what 
people say, no matter how you feel, you deserve to cross that finish line proud, whatever that looks like for you. You know, maybe you, you know, but you shouldn't say that it's okay that I fail. I gave it my best shot, or I did, I stayed sober as long as I could. No, it's up to you to make this a lifestyle for the rest of your life. That's your responsibility to yourself and to your family so that you can have family sitting with you, proud of you, rooting you on for the rest of your life, not just for this little season because anybody that's in the program, you know that you have family members out there just waiting, just waiting for that phone to ring. You know, every time I put my dad into a program, I knew the phone call would come. I knew. I was, and, and he never disappointed me. The phone rang every time because he never stayed. 38 programs. So, yeah. Um, so, let's do what we can. So, tonight we are going to finish, uh, we're going to actually finish the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 13. We're going to, I'm going to read verse 7. And we're, that's where we're going to start. Let me get down here. And I touched on this a little bit. It says, remember your leaders who taught you the word. And I'm not talking about just me. I'm talking about anybody in your life that you see as a leader. We prayed for Miss Denise. We, so many of the ladies who spend time with Denise and so many of you out there that know Denise, that know that she is a leader, and we know that she's a leader that we would follow, right? So it goes on to say that, that, that taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. And in, in, in the ESV, it goes on to say that we are to, imi- to imitate them, right? Find somebody whom you respect and whom you believe and imitate. Do what they do. Like, what would Miss Denise do in this situation? What would Pastor Jeff do in this situation? What would Pastor Nate do? Or what would Coach do? Or what would Mark do? Or somebody that we respect or look up to what would they do? And I like how Chelsea did her play on words, and, and it was funny because when I saw her making the slide, I said, well, I'm, I'm kind of doing a play on words as well. So it's imitate versus imitation, right? So we, when, we, when we get something, it's, it's, like a copy, it's, so it's like a copy of something, but it's something lesser. You know, it's like imitation, you know, imitation bacon, right? They have these big bags at Costco. They're imitation bacon, now, you all know I'm a food lover. Do I want real bacon? Or do I want imitation bacon? Right? I want real, right? So don't be a lesser of. Try to be an equal to. Don't be just a copy of that person that you are, are trying to follow. Be as close to that original as you can be. Don't settle for being less than. Don't say, well, I'm doing the best that I can to be like them. I know I'm falling short. But don't give yourself that excuse to stop running. Don't give yourself that excuse to not finish the race. Come as close as you can to imitating who they, who they are. Because if you call yourself a Christian, it says that we are to be Christ-like. Now, does Christ want us to be an imitation or does, does he want us to imitate what he does, right? We're, we're to do what he does the best that we can do. So we want to be able to imitate those that we look up to and not be a cheap imitation, right? 
You know, I like going to Cold Stone, right? When I was a kid growing up, my grandma, she always bought the cheap ice cream. You know, it wasn't even called ice cream. It was called ice milk, right? <laughs> grandma, why do you buy the ice milk? Well, because you could get like four gallons for like $2, you know? You know, not me. I like going to Cold Stone. That, it has the highest content or milk fat. That's why it's so rich. You know, whether you want to get it, love it, or like it, or can't get enough of it, whatever that big, big one is called, they're good, right? I always get the, uh, the, uh, the peanut butter lovers love it, right? right? I think it's got to have whatever. Anyway, I'm going to give this whole thing about ice cream. Um, so I like the real thing. And so what I want to encourage you guys is to go for all that you can go for, to be as close as you can, and don't just settle. Don't just settle for less than you want. Allow your dreams to be your dreams, and allow God to guide you to accomplish those things, whether it's going back to school or, you know, you know getting your truck driving license or or getting the job that you've always dreamed of, or giving your cosmetology license, or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we are as real as we can and honest as we can be about who it is that we want to be, and we put in all that effort to become that person because God wants us to achieve those goals, amen? He wants us to have those things. He doesn't want you to settle again for second best. You know, but the thing is, we have to truly have that faith, and having that faith is tough. It's like Chelsea talked about that month five. What is that, what is that point for you when you said, all right, all right, it's enough, it's enough. I'm not, I'm not going to just be that anymore. I'm going to go all the way in. I'm going to go all in, right? Why, why not go all in? Why not give it your all? Why not get, how many times have you regretted something that you set out to do and kind of just finished mediocre, right? Aren't you tired of just being kind of mediocre in everything that you do? Don't you want to be the best husband, the best father, the best wife, the best girlfriend, the best uncle, the best aunt, the best mom, the best dad? Or do you just want to be mediocre? Like, eh, you know, how's your dad? Oh, he's all right. You know, I, I don't have anything good to say about my dad. And that's, that's a shame. That, that's sad. You know, he, is, he was the most evil, vile human being that I've ever known in my entire life. And uh, what, a, what a sad thing that that's what I have to say about my dad. But that's, that's the truth. Um, and it is what it is. So all I can do is not, is not imitate that behavior, not copy those things that he taught me, but in fact, do the opposite and seek somebody in my life that I could look up to. Um, I look up to Pastor Jeff greatly. Um, I look up to a lot of the pastoral staff and, and try to be as much like them as I can be because I know they, like I, try to be as much like Christ as they can be, and that's what it's about. All right. So verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you know, in recovery, one of the biggest things that we lacked in the world in our life was consistency. Right? What in your life was consistent? Your day was determined by whether you can get enough money to get a bottle or get a sack. Right? That's, that's what 
determine the destiny of your day. My day was good if I could get $700. I'd, uh, me, personally, unemployed, had to raise $700 every other day to buy enough heroin to stay well. So what was Chelsea talking about earlier, about praying or prayer? I had to pray on people in order to get the money that I needed to make the day that I, not that I wanted, that I was willing to settle for, right? So when we start looking at faith and Christianity, what we're seeing is consistency because Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is, he, he is not able to be different than who he is. And what I needed in my life was I needed that point of consistency that it wasn't going to be different tomorrow. It wasn't going to be different next week. Or, oh, yeah, well, that was last week. No. Um, Christ wants the same for me before I was born. He's always going to want what's good for me. He knows that he has a plan and a purpose for me. And we know that he could take what was meant for evil and use it for good. So you could take that bad things in your life and you can encourage somebody, right? You can change so your kids could say, man, my dad went through a lot, but he turned out good. Or my mom, man, you, she was off the hook. Now, are you kidding me? You know, I can only imagine what Claudia's family thinks about her. You know, what's going on from running the streets to making tortillas and a, a program singing about Jesus and coding Bible? What is going on? That's crazy, right? That's crazy talk. It's reality. It's, it's, it's the evidence of a changed life, amen? That's what it is, right? So do not be attracted by a strange or new ideas. Somebody, there's a, there's a new thing every day, right? There's always somebody knocking on your door. We were talking about this earlier, wanting to sell you some other religion. Hey, did you hear about this or did you hear about that? Or, um, I, I laugh when they come to my door because they, uh, we have a, a gal next door that was talking to the Mormon people. And a few weeks ago, they came. I, I heard them up there knocking, and man, they were persistent. I, I think they thought that she had died and they were trying to wake her from the dead. I was like, I can't believe they're beating on her door that long. Obviously, she's not home. Um, and so then they came to my door. And I was just smiling. They asked me if I wanted to hear the good news. I said, well, I already know the good news. Why would you say you already know the good news? I said, well, I'm, a, I'm actually a pastor at Calvary Chapel in Monterey. Well, you have a nice day, sir. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to say, what? No, I don't get the magazine? I mean, I don't, I don't, it's, like, it's like the door prize. I don't, I don't get to keep the book? No, they took it and they left. Um, so I, I don't let anybody or I don't get attracted by any new strange things or ideas. It says your strength comes from God's grace, not from, and it goes on to talk about things they talk about for it, not rules about food, which don't help. <laughs> <laughs> Those, <laughs> yeah, don't be telling me about, I, 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 yeah. My rule about food is if you like it, eat it. If you really like it, eat it again, right? We were talking the other day. I, I'm really surprised that I have not gotten a call from Zarapes saying we hear about, we hear how much you talk about our shrimp tacos, Mike, and we think you should have some free shrimp tacos. Um, <laughs> Because I do, I do love their shrimp tacos. 
Um, but my rule about food is if you love it, eat it. But they were talking about some of the rules that people had about food that actually caused other people to go astray and, and, and get into kind of a different, like, you know, it's not about what you eat. It's, it's about what you believe, right? It's about what you do um, is what it's all about. It's a verse in it says, we have an altar from which the priests in the tabernacle have no right to eat. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place, a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside of the camp. So also Jesus suffered and died outside of the city gate. So they're making uh, a comparison there. The animals were sacrificed, and we know that that was kind of a, and imagine that when even when that system was in place, you know, we, like, like so we, man, we just lie about, you know, we lie all the time, right? You're just like a lie, whether it's just an outright lie or what we call a lie of omission, you're just leaving something out, right? Oh, for, oh I forgot to tell you about that part. Um, but they had to buy, and, and Nate even talked about it yesterday, they had to go into the temple and buy unblemished animals so that they could be sacrificed by the priest. So, man, those lies actually cost you some money to buy that sacrifice, but then it cost the animal his life. And he said they were, they were sacrificed outside of the, uh, the tabernacle, but Christ was also, we know, when he was crucified, it was outside of the city. So they're making that, that reference to that being the same and, and Christ being that perfect sacrifice. Um, let me go outside of the city gates to make his people holy by the means of his own blood. So let's go, um, let's go out to him outside of the camp and bear the disgrace he bore. For the world is not our permanent home, that we are looking forward to a home yet to come. And we know that, and we say that our time here is temporal. It's just temporary. That we're living our lives in such a way that we are living for eternity. And, that, and that's a hard kind of concept because if I asked all of the people who were younger, maybe under 30, how many of you are saving for retirement? Be like, oh, man, that's like a million years away, right? Right? You, I got, no, I got a lot of time to save for retirement, right? Well, that's the problem with this. We think we got, no, we, no I'm not worried about eternity yet. I'm only 30, you know, I'm not going to die until I'm old, right? Isn't that what we say? You know, when I, we think about death in, in the way of being old. Michelle and I were out for dinner last night for her birthday, and um, she picked up uh, the little paper, and there, there was a story about, a, I think, a 15-year-old boy who died of a fentanyl overdose while waiting to get into a program. Well, he would have been, if I would have said, hey, you're 15, are you planning for retirement? I feel like I'm 15, dude. Well, what about... What about dying? Well, I'll, yeah, I'll die when I get old. But we can't equate our, the, the longevity or the, the, the end of our life. We can't relate it to age. We need to relate it to grace. You know, how many more days am I going to be graced with? I don't know. We don't know. We, we have no idea. You know, we all know and love, you know, Miss Denise and she didn't think she was going to go on vacation and almost die. I mean, I would, I mean when, you get, when she gets back, ask her, did you expect? She said, absolutely not. But think about the way she lives her life. Her life was lived in such a way it wouldn't have mattered. You know what I'm saying? There wouldn't have been no like, oh, shoot. 
right? Oh, oh darn, do I have time, right? The, 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 the time to get saved is not when a, when a truck is skidding towards you, right? That's not the time to say, oh, boy, I guess I'm not gonna, God's not going to wait till I'm old. Maybe it's going to happen. I better pray fast. And so I wouldn't want to depend on that. I would want to just be ready and be prepared. So verse 15 is, therefore, let us uh, offer through Jesus Christ a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name, and to not forget the good to share in those deeds, those who are, excuse me, those in need, these are sacrifices that, that please God. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say, right? But that is a choice. It is. It's a choice. You have to say, all right, I am going to listen to what this person tells me, whether I want to or not, because maybe... Maybe some of this stuff that Mike is saying is true, and maybe I've been placed in this program. Maybe I'm supposed to listen to authority, you know? Maybe. Just think about it, right? I, Stephen and I argue. I don't know how many times we argued, right? We argued a lot, right? But never because we were angry with, with each other. It was because Stephen kind of liked to have a little more freedom that I thought maybe at times he ought to have. Not because I'm selfish, but because I'm protective. That's why. It's because I have that feeling toward him that I want to protect him until he gets to where he needs to be, and then he's going to have to be on his own. So my hope is that we teach people that you, you, you don't have all the answers. You're not always going to be right. You're going to have to, add, you're going to, have to humble yourself and say, help me. And, and then, then you do even what's harder and go, all right, I'm going to listen, right? Okay, I really wanted to do that, but. And just think about that, but doesn't really cost you anything. It may save your life. It may save your sobriety. It may save your, it may save your soul, right? Because if you're looking to somebody that you respect and trust that you're imitating, then you should put full faith and full confidence into them, Right? Remember, shut up and sit down, you know? Yeah, me and Chelsea had one of those come to Jesus talks. I said either shut up and sit down or leave. And, and she, uh, she grabbed the doorknob to leave, and then she swung around and slammed herself down in the chair and goes, Fine. <laughs> okay, but that was a changing point for both of us. But... And I wasn't trying to be mean, and I wasn't trying to be forceful. I was just trying to say, look, I, I, I love you, and I don't want you to throw any more of your life away. You may think I'm a nut job, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But what I want to know is that people are going to be safe, and that people are going to, are, you're going to live to fight another day. And sometimes we're going to have to put our will aside and, and just be willing to listen to somebody else. All right, so therefore let, let us offer uh, Jesus a continual sacrifice and praise to God proclaiming our allegiance to his name and do not forget about the good to share with those in need and these are the sacrifices that please God. And I'm going to read it again. I, I know I went back and I went back on prayer. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. And their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God, right? So 
I take it serious when someone says, I'm going to come into a program and I'm going to listen for a year. I, I take that serious. Whether or not they take it serious or you take it seriously, that's on you. I have to know that when I go to bed at night and lay my head on the pillow, that I've done everything that I've committed to doing, and then some. So I take my role seriously. Do you, right? And if we both do, who's going to be the beneficiary of that outcome? It's going to be you. It's going to be your family. It's going to be your friends. And someday somebody might say, you're the one that I'm going to trust. Imagine that. You're going to look up to me? Think about that. The day that somebody in the bridge years ago asked me one morning after Devo, hey, Mike, did you ever do drugs? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, about 20 years of heroin. Um, but what that told me was that I, I was so far from that person that I don't resemble, I don't act like, I don't talk like, I don't walk like that person anymore. Amen to that, right? Amen. All by myself, right, Bob? Uh, hopefully he's watching online. Bob is sick tonight. Um, so to watch over their souls which they are accountable to God and give them the reason to do with joy and not with sorrow, that would, which would certainly be for your benefit. Everything that you guys are doing every day of sobriety is benefiting you. It's benefiting your family. It's benefiting your future. It's a celebration every day. Like today is another day. If I wake up today and I decide not to drink or use, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's one day closer, one more day. You know, when, when a weightlifter goes to the gym, I mean, every day they're lifting weights, they're building their muscles. Every day you are not using, you are building your strength and your willpower. And that's what it's about. Um, pray for our, pray for us, uh, for our conscience is clear and want to live honorably. So that kind of goes back to what Chelsea was saying as, as well, right? We should pray to God, not pray on somebody else. We need to change our focus and our direction and our purpose in life. If you don't know what that is, pray and ask God to tell you, what is that? Because I don't know. See, I don't know. I don't, I'm sober now, and I don't know really who I am. Who am I as a sober person? I don't know. You know, who, who am I when I'm trying to be a nice person? I don't know. You know, I've never been nice. I've never been honest. I, I mean, so what, this is crazy. What is all this newness? You know, it's like I'm nice to people now, and I care about what people think, and I'm not trying to, you know, I can go to somebody's house and not go into their bathroom and go through their medicine cabinet. What? Come on, you, come on, you guys. Come on. Don't leave me hanging here. I was always hoping, like, because I saw this thing on, years ago, there was this column called Ann Landers. Most of you probably don't know what that is. And this person wrote in and said, hey, dear Abby, I have this friend that I believe is using drugs. And every time they come into my house, they, they ask to use my bathroom. And I don't want to embarrass them by asking. And I don't want to have to count all of my pills. So what should I do? And she wrote back, Go into the bathroom and have your husband hold the bottom of the medicine cabinet closed. Pull the top open and dump an entire bag of marbles in it. 
and wait for your friend to come over. And you'll know when that medicine cabinet opens. And I promise you they're going to leave your house very embarrassed and they'll never ask to use your bathroom again. So, but why put her, why, why have to go through all that, right? Become a different person. Chelsea's like, oh my God, I'm glad they never did that to me, right? <laughs> um, but it is what it is. It says we want to live with that clear, con honorably, and do everything we do, and especially pray that I will um, be able to come back to you soon. And we know that that's the author talking about. He wants to come back to, 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 the, to the Hebrew, to, he's writing the letter. He wants to come back and visit them again. It says, now may the peace of God who brought you up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he, heap, may he equip all of you, all, excuse me, may he equip you with all you need for, he, for doing his will. May he, may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ and everything that is pleasing to him and all the glory forever and ever. Amen. So it goes on to say, I, uh, I urge you, dear, dear brothers and sisters, to pay attention to what I have written in this brief exhortation. And I don't know why he calls it brief. That's a, it's a long, this is a long, a long letter and a lot of exhortation. Um, it says, I want you to know, brother, Timothy has been released from jail. Amen, right? We, got, we know what that's like, right? Out of jail. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Right? That's good. I always thought what would happen if on Sunday night would say, how many of you people have been in jail? It'd be kind of the whole bridge section would be like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would say yes, right? I, I, I'm not ashamed of what God has brought me through. Right? I am not. I am not ashamed of my past. Right? It says, I want you to know that their brother has been released from jail. And he comes here soon. I will, I will bring him with me to see you. Um, so it says, greet all of your leaders and all the believers there and the believers from Italy. I mean, I send you their greetings. May God's grace be with you all. And that's what it's about. If you go through this whole book, it's just like you're, you, you've become a believer. Fight the good fight. Stick with it. Do what's right. Do what's honorable. Do what's good. Keep moving forward. Right? Don't stop. Because... If you stop, and I'm going to have the worship team come back up. If you stop, right, if I would have stopped during the Reading Marathon, I would have always wondered, could I have finished? Couldn't I have pushed a little harder? Couldn't I have done something to complete that? Well, I did. So I don't have to wonder. So... Don't take that drink. Don't smoke that pipe. Don't shoot that dope. So then you don't have to wonder, could I have, could I have made it to 60 days? Could I have made it to 90? Could I have done six months, nine months? Can I, can someday, can I walk up and get a 20-year chip? Because you can. Because God will give you the ability to do that if you simply, if you simply ask. And that's just the bottom line, is asking and making sure that you're imitating the right person, and not just becoming a cheap, a cheap imitation of something. Amen? So, Lord, we thank you. We congratulate all those with so much sobriety tonight. We congratulate the person that could even be here tonight with just one day, one hour, one minute, Lord. So we thank you, 
and we praise you, and we celebrate with those who are celebrating tonight, and we mourn with those who are mourning. In Jesus' name, amen.